Welcome to Open-Minded Healing, where the topic is alternative health. We will be having conversations with the practitioners that offer a variety of alternative healing modalities, as well as everyday people who have recovered their health outside of the MD's office. Join us with an open mind for conversations that may provide solutions to healing your own body on a mental, physical, and spiritual level. I'm Marla Miller. Let's begin. Welcome to Open-Minded Healing. I'm your host, Marla Miller, and today we're going to be talking about a variety of spinal diseases as well as the autoimmune conditions of Raynaud's and connective tissue disease. My guest today, Kathy Harmon-Luber, suffers from all of these, and she is going to be sharing some very valuable information about how you can begin healing your body from these conditions. Kathy joined me last week to talk about sound healing and how that has positive effects on our health, but this week we are focusing on her own personal health journey. Hi, Kathy. Welcome back. Hi, Marla. It's great to be back. Last week, we talked all about sound healing and heard your expertise on that. But this week, we are turning to a totally different topic, and it is one of your own personal health journey. So you have suffered with a variety of things, including Raynaud's and seven different spinal diseases, right? And so there are people out there that suffer with these things daily, and I'm sure are very interested to know if you have found solutions and ways of bettering your life despite having these conditions. So do you want to start first with the Raynaud's? When did you realize you had Raynaud's and what are the symptoms of it? Okay, that's a great question. And I love talking about this because so many people who suffer from Raynaud's disease or any of the autoimmune diseases, as I did for many years, And just tells you it's going to get worse and worse and worse, and you're just going to have a lot of stuff to deal with, and we'll throw more medication at it. But I've got a very hopeful story for your listeners today. So I was really kind of a sick kid. I had allergies and asthma and just an awful lot of upper respiratory things. When I was in my mid-20s, however, I, I went to a doctor for the asthma part, and she was a new doctor, and she shook my hand. And she turned it over and she looked at it and she says, oh, you have Raynaud's disease. And I said, what is that? Like, I had no idea what it was. I knew my hands got really cold and they would turn sort of this whitish, bluish color if I was out in the snow. And this is when I was living in Washington, D.C. And I said, well, what do we do about it? And she smiled and she said, well, nothing really unless it gets worse. Fast forward to 20 years ago, and this is now decades later, my husband and I moved from L.A. to a mountaintop a mile in the sky. We have winter here. And I started having tremendous nerve pain in my toes. They got swollen. They were red. They turned purple. They'd be white. I didn't know what it was. And I was going to a doctor. He had no idea. He called in another doctor. He couldn't diagnose it. They thought maybe it was diabetes, high cholesterol, gout, the whole list. I tested negative for all of them. In exasperation, I went to a new doctor and I thought, I don't know who to go to. I'm going to go to a dermatologist. He takes one look at my hands and my feet. He says, oh, you have Raynaud's. And I said, yeah, I know. And he says, isn't that what you're here for today? I says, no, no, look at my feet. And he says, that is Raynaud's. He pulled out his manual and he says, you're on about the eighth or whatever it was, stage of gangrene. And I was horrified. Oh my gosh. 
And I have it at the worst end of the spectrum. And so I fought that battle for a long time with lots of medication. And I finally got to a rheumatologist who saved me from having my toes amputated, actually. Wow. Yeah. And he just said, well, we're going to manage it with meds. That's all we can do. There's no cure. You should move from where you live. And I'm like, we live in this wonderful arts community surrounded by great friends. And it's the place of our dreams. We didn't want to move. And that, Marla, led me to start just researching everything I possibly could. And I was very lucky. I'm just very determined like you when it comes to research and looking for options. And I feel like a lot of your listeners are at this place where you just never stop looking for solutions. I also had mixed connective tissue disorder, which is related to this. So I just started searching for answers and I got on the track of things like dialing in food, dialing in supplements, and then, of course, managing the stressors, what sets off autoimmune flare-ups. In my case, it was something as innocent as licorice tea, like a lot of people have a problem with caffeine and other things. I don't smoke or drink heavily or any of that stuff, but I drank licorice tea every day and it caused a tremendous, tremendous nerve pain flare-up that would last for hours. So anyway, it was a matter of just dialing in all of those things. And several years ago, I went to my rheumatologist for my regular checkup and he took a look at my hands and feet. He says, it's winter. You look great. What are you doing? And I explained Uh to him my protocol, which I'll share with you and your listeners. And I said, well, what do you think about that, doctor? And he said, just keep doing what you're doing. There is a a phenomenal doctor out there that your listeners should know about, Dr. Keisha Ewers, E-W-E-R-S. She cured her own rheumatoid arthritis many years ago, and that set her on the course of becoming a doctor who specializes and has written books about getting a handle on autoimmune It does not need to control your life. There are ways to dial this in. Yes, I agree. So when you went to the doctor and he was surprised by your progress and you said you had some kind of solution, what were you referring to? Okay, many, many fronts. I had no idea what was causing the flare-ups. And so item by item, I began looking at what was in my diet. And I had been gluten-free for many, many years because of asthma and allergies. But there were things like caffeine. I was eating a little bit of sugar, not a huge amount. I was drinking this licorice tea every day. And when I cut that out, the nerve pain that I had every day went down considerably. I still had more things to find. One of the biggest things on the food front that was a huge shock, I'd been a vegetarian since my mid-20s. And I had my own organic garden in the backyard, and I ate tomatoes every single day and all the nightshades, potatoes, tomatoes, eggplant. Dr. Gundry has written a marvelous book that came on my radar screen back then called The Plant Paradox, and that is about lectins and how in the animal kingdom there are foods that have lectins that animals in the wild avoid because they sense that they're poison. Mm -hmm. Everything from tomatoes, the squashes, cucumbers, quinoa, which I love. So suddenly I had the answers and I got all of these mostly wonderful vegetables, unfortunately, out of my diet. And I began getting a handle on the symptoms. 
that's one side of it. The other side of it was not only what do you eliminate, and I, I should circle back and say caffeine was huge. Caffeine was a huge trigger for me. And I think I've read that it is for quite a number of people with all sorts of autoimmune diseases. The other side of that is what supplements do you take? And there's quite an enormous amount of medical research out there now about what the autoimmune protocol is. And that's everything from big doses of vitamin D. And it's important for listeners to go and get tested for this. I happen to have a phenomenal doctor who is now retired, but he was very into integrative medicine, functional medicine. And he was the one who tested me for all of these things and said, your vitamin D levels are very low. You're not getting enough of the omega vitamins. And he was very much into large dosages of turmeric combined with black pepper for bioavailability. So I began taking supplements after having purged my diet from all of the villains on the list. I'm not saying it was fun or easy, but the solutions really are simple if you can stick with it. One of the supplements I recently found, I mean, recently in the past six months, that has helped me just like, I don't use the word miracle or magic pill lightly. Yeah. This is a game changer, a total game changer for me. Last year, I got my flu shot. I've been getting it for decades. No problem. I had a very, very severe allergic reaction. Oh. And I'm allergic to other vaccines in an anaphylactic shock kind of way. And so I went into this situation where it not only caused an allergic reaction that was very violent, but it also caused me to go into an autoimmune flare-up severity, which I hadn't seen in years, basically. That must have been scary. It was terrifying. Did that happen within 15 minutes of getting it, the vaccine or later? Within a couple of hours, it engaged my asthma. So I did my rescue inhaler. I started my Advair, which helps bolster the lungs. It's also a steroid. And the next morning I woke up and I was awake most of the night with asthma. And I was having like four to six asthma attacks a day. And my asthma was so well controlled by this protocol I just described. I have one or two asthma attacks a year. And it's usually if there's a fire, a wildfire nearby. So it was terrifying to me. It's like, what the heck just happened here? I get this vaccine every year, but I was allergic to something in it. Very coincidentally, that week after this happened, in my inbox is this email for a free Healthy Lungs Summit. And I'm like, oh, wow, what great timing. Oh, yeah. And I work full time and I don't have a lot of time to watch 40 hours of a summit. I happened to tune in one evening to one presentation and it was by Dr. Isaac Ilias. And that one hour of him talking about the 21 NIH grants, he has gotten to develop these supplements of his. The book he's written called The Survival Paradox, which is fascinating and has all the science. And then he talks about his supplements and they're all natural. As I mentioned, he's done an enormous amount of evidence-based clinical trial studies. And I thought, well, what the heck? What's one more supplement, right? Except I tried three of his supplements. The one that has been the most miraculous to me because everything got dialed down not only that terrible allergic reaction, which went on for three months, but just kept getting better and better and better and the autoimmune dialed down. But 
here we are in winter and I'm not having anywhere near the severe Raynaud's disease, connective tissue disorder, no more asthma at all. Knock on wood as I say that. His supplement is called Pectisol. And it's not like just eating a lot of fruit with pectin in it. It's not like taking other supplements. He has this formula. I can't explain a whole lot more than that, but it bolsters the immune system. He also has a thing called Glypho Detox, which as we know, Everything is poisoned these days, our water, our air, our food. I kept an organic garden for many years, but if somebody within a mile away is using pesticides, it's in the groundwater, mm-hmm. it ends up in our organic vegetables, right? And so we're all getting that. And I eat a pretty organic food diet, but there are things that we have no control over. They've got poisons in them. And he also makes something for autoimmune that has a mixture of several mushrooms that are healing, especially for people with autoimmune. And as I was reading his book and looking at his website, there are some pretty amazing testimonials from real people like me, like us, who found that their cancers went into remission. People who have had similar diseases that have gotten other things like diabetes and heart disease and other things that their doctors are saying, you've improved amazingly since you've started taking his supplement. So I throw it out there because it is new, but it's very, very well tested. And I am finding, and other people who I have recommended it to are finding, you start feeling better within like five to seven to 10 days. It's rather... That's amazing. Immediate. Yeah. So these supplements are really affecting the whole body. It's not just one particular disease. It's not just Raynaud's. Right. Yes. It's helping yes. your asthma. It's helping the vaccine reaction. It's helping your autoimmune yes. issues. I found more energy, more clarity, more focus, all of those good things. And I now have been taking it since I think it was back in October I started it. So I've been on it long enough to see that this wasn't a blip on the screen that I got from taking it for a week or so. And now I don't miss a day. I don't miss a day (laughs) because frankly, I'm a a little afraid to go off of it. It's like you get rid of all of these triggers, whether they are food or stress. Stress is huge, as you know, for autoimmune and all the other diseases. And so, you know, it's it's a matter of all of that and then adding all of the good supplements that'll really help. Well, and of course, it's always nice to hear once in a while that there's something that is simple. You know, instead of changing your whole diet or moving to a warmer climate or things that really take more prep time to do, it's nice to know there's a supplement out there that is natural and has the medical backing behind it, the testing And it's actually having such a big effect on you in a positive way. That's fantastic. And I'll tell you one more thing, Marla, that I think will really surprise your listeners. And that is because it it surprised me, frankly. I, I would say up until about like 10 or 12 years ago, I was on the atomic bomb of medications for Raynaud's. I was on the maximum dosages of what's called nifedipine. It made me incredibly sick. And that didn't control the Raynaud's. I was also taking the maximum dosage of gabapentin, which is like, I think, 3,200 or 2,400. I can't even remember now. It was so long ago that I was taking it to control the nerve pain. And what I will say is, am I off all of those things? No, but I'm on a much milder drug that I take only in the winter. And I take 
the smallest possible dosage on the days when I feel like it's going to be a challenge or I know I need to be outdoors going someplace. You know, altitude is also a trigger for Ray nodes. I'll take the smallest dosage of it and I take the smallest dosage of Lyrica. So again, from like dozen pills a day of the most harmful, scary drugs to very tame drugs that I take periodically as needed. And I'm even cutting that back with this pectosol. So my hope is after a year of being on Dr. Ilyas's protocol here, that, you know, it might be even more major a difference than that. That's an incredible result. Anytime you can wean yourself off of these harmful medications, they have so many terrible side effects and bring yourself down, like you said, even to just using a very small amount for limited times is really amazing. So that must be one powerful supplement or the combination of the three of his supplements, in addition to everything else you're doing with the diet and regular supplements. And I would say to your listeners, Marla, who are dealing with autoimmune, so many people have things so much worse than this. And as you know, autoimmune diseases tend to gather together. You don't usually just have one. And now they're talking about over 100 or 150 identified autoimmune diseases. Yeah. And so there are many that are connected. It's not uncommon to hear people say they have nine or 10 autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say to your listeners is that feels very hopeless to just keep adding another autoimmune disease every time you go back to the rheumatologist. Oh, yeah, you got this too. What I would say is don't lose hope because this area of medicine is just exploding with research. It used to be a very underfunded area of research. I think most doctors would agree with that. And now there are lots of doctors, even if you cannot go see someone like a Dr. Keisha Ewers or a Dr. Natalia Falahi, she's also doing an amazing amount. Again, same thing. Both of these doctors had autoimmune and they decided to dedicate their careers to solving the puzzle find them, look at their websites, read their books. There's practical stuff you can do in there that does not cost a lot of money. It's a matter, as we say, of dialing it all in. And there are so many doctors out there like Dr. Ilyas. There's a whole bunch of doctors who are out there on the forefront of this research, making new discoveries all the time. And I guess the biggest message is don't lose hope because there was one time when I was pretty hopeless. I was pretty sure that I was either going to end up having, you know, my toes amputated or moving from this beloved community that we have. And now I'm at this point of not suffering through those things, but really thriving and leading a, a really good life. Yeah, that's fantastic. And also, like you mentioned, even though you could be diagnosed with five, six, seven different autoimmune diseases, it's not that you have to tackle five, six or seven different things in different ways. It's like if you tackle it with one protocol that works for autoimmune, you're going to clean up all of those. Yeah. Once you begin to figure it out, I think sometimes the simple shift of just going to your doctor, getting tested to see what your vitamin D level is. And vitamin B, I I forgot to mention B complex is another huge one. Just dialing those in sometimes can create a, a huge improvement in their health. And so it's not like you have to do all of these things I've described and give up all your favorite foods, tackle it one at a time. And in my book, this chapter is called Super Sleuthy because it is about being a sleuth, minimizing the triggers and adding in the beneficial things. It's both halves of that equation. 
And it sounds daunting, but there are practices out there for doing it in a very systematic way, keeping notes, seeing what worked. We're all different. The, the things that work for me aren't going to be the exact equation that work for another person. Every person's body is individual. And, yeah. and so if you can get with a, a doctor, a naturopathy, a doctor of functional medicine, and in fact, many of the doctors who are really on the forefront of this are doctors of functional medicine, a name that perhaps a lot of your listeners would know. Dr. Mark Hyman is great when it comes to functional medicine. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Osborne, who's been on your show, who talks about gluten and how that affects autoimmune. There are many good doctors out there. Yeah. And like you said, with free information, you go yeah. to the website, you watch their videos, go on YouTube, go to the library, read their books. So it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. I do want to get into your variety of spinal diseases. Maybe you can give an idea of what you do have going on, and then we can get into some solutions and what you're doing to manage those. Great. Yeah. An enormous number of people in the United States and all over the world suffer from back problems. So this is something I do like talking about because there is so much that we can do. My situation is a little unusual. I was 21 when I got diagnosed with the first couple of spinal diseases. I was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease in my mid-20s and told that I had the spine of an 80-year-old woman. And now the interesting wow. part of it was I was really active. I was very much into hiking, running, swimming, gymnastics, dance, tennis, you name it, I was doing it. And all of those, yes, were very high impact for a spine like mine. But for many people, those things are really very good for you. Walking helps to strengthen us, right? And, right? and I went to the gym three to four times a week. And building muscle when you're young is considered a good thing, except in my case, it wasn't. So as the years went by, you know, I was diagnosed with that. I began to manage it. I did yoga and stretching. I got massages and all the things, physical therapy. A couple decades later, a disc ruptured in my lower back. It was the first disc rupture. And that's when I started having more MRIs detailing the seven spinal diseases that I had. And because they were so complicated and interconnected, it made them inoperable. So where most people would have, you know, a ruptured disc, you might go and have a surgery for it. That wasn't an option for me. And by the time I was in my 30s, it was even worse. Spondylosis, spinal stenosis, the narrowing of the actual spinal canal, curvature of the spine, and hyperkyphosis, you know, just this whole mixed bag. And then all the usual things like arthritis and bone spurs. But in my 30s, right? So way young to be having those kinds of things. And it is hereditary on my dad's side of the family. There have been a number of people through the generations who've had very debilitating spines. So unusual for, you know, most people to have this. But in my family, it was kind of unknown that this was something to deal with. And the first couple of disc ruptures happened. And I lived in LA at the time. I got very good care from an excellent chiropractor who was teaching at USC and UCLA. I went for acupuncture and massage and physical therapy. And the first disc ruptured when I was at the gym working with a personal trainer who was giving me exercises 
to help my very fragile spine and the disc ruptured. The next one ruptured in physical therapy and on and on. And there have been several, but the worst one was in 2016. I had been dialing everything in pretty well, but I was not following my intuition. I was super active. I traveled a lot. I traveled also for my job. Lots of stress was still hiking and swimming and biking and going to the gym and all the stuff. And my spine was telling me it was feeling wonky. And I, I was doing acupuncture. I was getting myofascial release massage, which I recommend highly. All massage is good, but myofascial release really helps to get at some of the root problems of the musculature pulling the spine kind of out of place. I just was not listening to my body. I went on a business trip that involved three hours each way during a week when my spine was screaming. And that was the very, very painful mistake was not listening to my body. And I write about this a lot in the book, too, because our bodies do give us the warning signs. So what so, happened to your back at that time? Yeah. So I got home from this business trip. I was very excited. It was a new client. The next morning, I'm standing in the kitchen waiting for my coffee. Decaf, by the way. <laughs> Flare up the Renaults, but waiting for that kind of thing. And I'm talking to my husband and telling him about the trip and my client. And all of a sudden, I get this tremendous, it's like a taser gun, what I imagine a taser gun to feel like in my lower spine, this tremendous electrical shock that took my breath away. I literally was hyperventilating and then the pain was going down my leg and it was all I could do for my husband to help me get back to bed. And I thought, oh, I'll rest. I know what this is. This is a disc that is probably rupturing and I'm just going to rest. I knew they couldn't do surgery. I've been told this before three times. This was the fourth disc. And I thought, okay, I'll be better in a week or two, except it didn't go away that quickly. And long story short, I was actually bedridden, could not sit in a chair, could not stand up. Very painful to walk just even a few steps, frankly. You know, I was wearing a pedometer and about six months in, I was able to do about 60 or 70 steps. That wow. Was so six months of that, yeah, of not being able to walk around and do yeah. anything except what, lay down, stand up a little bit and walk a mm -hmm. few steps? That was it. That was it. And laying down was the only thing that really relieved the pressure. You know, I saw doctors, I saw neurosurgeons. They're like, no, it'd be like a 14 or 16 hour surgery when I could get to the MRI shortly thereafter. It was indeed a ruptured disc. I knew the signals pretty well and suspected it, but it was made more complicated because the disc is like a jelly-filled cushion between the vertebrae and our spines. And when it ruptured, it ruptured because of uh, spinal diseases that I have and the twistiness of the spine in, in my situation. And this cushion jelly, it ruptured and glommed onto the sciatic nerve of my left leg. Oh. And so it's not something you can operate. It's right on the nerve. And the risk for paralysis is huge. At that point, I consulted three different neurosurgeons, and they all said the same thing. At various points during the year, I, I consulted. And I was like, this is just, I can't do anything. Yeah. I said, well, your back is healing. You're better than you were that first day, right? I'm like, yeah. And they said, well, common knowledge now in spinal surgery is, you know, in maybe half the cases, the body heals itself. And so I said, how long do you think that'll take? And I, I saw a very prominent neurosurgeon at University of Southern California, LA, and 
highly esteemed. He said, in your case, I think proceeding in the right direction, it could be six more months. It could be three more years. And I said, well, I'm an overachiever and I'm sure it's going to be six months. And I set my mind to that. And it wasn't, Marla. It was a good four years into it before I could even comfortably stand in the kitchen without screaming pain, honestly. That must have been awful. If you had had the surgery, that could have turned out so much worse. And I know there are a lot of back surgeries that do not go well. So ultimately, that may have been the very best thing for you, what you ended up doing. But I can't imagine the pain in the meantime. Yeah, it was terrible. And, you know, just to back up a second, what you said, I am grateful I did not have the surgery because, first of all, I couldn't find a neurosurgeon who would do it. So that was one thing. There was nobody who would touch it. Because two of them said that the odds were like 40% chance that I would be better and in less pain. And I could not imagine being in more pain. Just didn't want to go there. So I just stopped pursuing that and decided, well, I am tenacious and I'm not going to live the rest of my life this way. I had done it with my asthma and upper respiratory diseases. I had turned around the progression basically of autoimmune diseases. I thought, well... I did that. Our bodies know how to heal. That was probably one of the most important lessons I have continued to learn in my life, that if I listen to my body, and this goes for all of us, it's not that I'm special in this way, it's like if we listen to our bodies, what I call our inner healer, know how to heal. But it usually requires things that are very unpopular with us, like extreme robust self-care, right? Yeah, that's such a great word, extreme robust self-care, or several words, because it's true. People don't have any problem throwing themselves into work and working their butts off, and they think nothing of it. But if you knew you'd get better, if you took six weeks off to do it, some people can't even fathom that. And yet, if you did it and you healed and you could live your life more fully and with less pain and accomplish everything you want to accomplish, wouldn't that be worth it? Well, why not? But we don't because I think so many of us, we say, this is my life right now. I was living the life of my dreams. It's like, this is the life of my dreams. Travel, you know, I I work for nonprofits that make the world a better place. I've got a great circle of friends and family. I'm an artist and photographer and musician. It's like my life was perfect. I I realized I was making myself suffer, Marla. And I write about this in my book because it was one of the biggest lessons for me is a thing I call unnecessary suffering. For me at that particular time, it was saying, oh, no, I can't take off more than two weeks. I have a very busy life I have to get back to. I have all these things I have to do. I've got very important work. I can only take two weeks off. You have to do the surgery, doctor. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I had to get to the point where I said, I am making myself miserable by comparing my current situation to my old life. I couldn't even start physical therapy for a year and a half. My spine was way too fragile to even do what I call the baby exercises, where you clench a stomach muscle. I mean, it's not even exercises, right? And so I remember going to my physical therapist and I said, yeah, yeah, Bill, but I used to do this and I used to run and I da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, Kathy, here in physical therapy, we don't talk about what we used to do. We talk about accepting where we are right now. It is about acceptance. This is your life. And I realized that once I said, this is my life, I let go of a lot of the things I used to do, not work, 
but I was on community boards of directors and things that didn't need to be doing at that time. Once I started letting go of things, accepting where I was, surrendering that it is this way, not surrendering and saying, this is how it will always be. Exactly. Or that it's hopeless. I give up. It's not giving up. But it's saying, okay, this is my life now in this moment. And when we listen to lots of of wise people through the centuries, the message is always the same. Be in the present moment, right? If we're in the present moment, we shouldn't be thinking about what the old life was or perseverating about the future, asking all the wrong questions. And I realized that part of my suffering was I would go into this little loop that was, why me? Why did this happen to me? What did I do to deserve this? What if this happens? What if this doesn't get better? What if I fill in the blank? That is a form of mental unnecessary suffering, right? And if we could say, this is my life right now, and I'm going to do everything I can to hold hope that I am going to find a solution and I am going to get better. Everything is incremental. And I started making tiny goals for myself from being able to walk 20 steps to the bedroom door or not even that many to finally being able to get to the point a couple of years ago where 2000 steps. Wow. Every time you reach something that you could do, being able to stand in the kitchen and make a salad or make tea was a huge celebration. Redefining your ability, right? Yeah, I think if you are stuck in the past and what you used to be able to do and you're comparing that, you're never going to see your progress. But if you realize this is where I'm at today, and then you can really look at your accomplishments like a week from that point, you'd say, oh, I walked 20 more steps than I did a week ago. But if you were saying, oh, I walked only 20 steps and I used to run 10 miles, you know, that's very self-defeating and isn't going to help you progress. Exactly. And I think this is a truth for not only spinal diseases, but every sports injury, every accident victim, anything that can happen to us, any disease, frankly, it's the same concept. View where you're at right now with self-love, compassion, and say, I love this quote. I don't know who said it, but it's, what can I do today that my future self will be grateful for? And that's usually self-care. It's the word we don't want to hear. We don't want to hear that. Give us something else we can do or a pill we can take or a surgery we can have. But it really is about settling in and listening to your body and saying, what do I need? And along with that, I would say maybe six months to a year into the bedridden thing, I realized I've been a vegetarian for most of my life, eating just fish and and shellfish, but in modest amounts, but not getting the kind of protein and collagen my body really needed to heal from this. And so for people who have back injuries or diseases, it's really important to dial in what nutritional supplementation you need to make your body heal optimally. And for me, I happen to take a multi-collagen formula that Dr. Josh Axe, his company. Yes, yeah. I find that to be very good. I'm sure there are lots of other ones. I think it matters less which high-quality one you're on. Be on one. Do that because our bodies really, really need that. Turmeric in, in large dosages. 
I think my complex is about 2,000 milligrams to relieve inflammation because inflammation is often at the core of pain. So my pain did not go away. I have to be really honest, it did not go away. But when you're in severe pain, every time you can dial it down. You know, there are situations where you have to be on a medication or a cocktail of, of medications, but there are many, many, many things we can do from breathing mindfully, breathing with intention. Breathing brings more oxygen to the muscles and tissue. And when we deep breathe, it does help that. There are some beautiful meditations that have been developed by John Kabat-Zinn and that have been tested at the university that he is affiliated with, the research university for mindfulness meditations that help us to focus on the area and suffusing with light, or the opposite of that, focusing on areas of our body that are not in pain. Often when we are in pain, we think about that area that's in pain. Like, you can't help it. It's bad pain. But if we can use our minds to get a handle on that, to help divert our thinking, as it were, that can be beneficial. Numerous supplements, everything from the ones I mentioned, white willow, magnesium was a game changer for me. I came to realize that in testing for these things, I was very deficient in magnesium. There are many things that we can do that, that will take it down to a more manageable place. And I think for people with back pain, everyone would say, you know, if you can take that down a degree or two naturally, why not do it? They usually are not terribly time consuming, but we have to make the commitment to ourselves. So what level is your pain at now, would you say, today? I would say for people who have severe pain, there's a whole new gauge of pain. When it first happened, it was a 20. Like I've never had anything like that in my life. And I had lots of sports injuries and nerve pain and the whole thing. There was nothing like this. So it went from a, I would say like a 20 to right at this moment, I would say I'm, I'm probably about a five, which in my world, five. That's huge. I, I can handle that. And when it, it starts dialing up, I have to say, okay, what am I doing right now? It's a very mindful, intentional way of living with anything, Marla, whether it's back pain or another part of the body, whether it's autoimmune that causes pain. It's about tapping in and saying, okay, what am I doing at this very moment that is causing me stress? Like in my job as a grant writer, I will often find myself in this situation. I'm working at my laptop and we've got a deadline in a couple of hours to get a grant submitted. And by some snafu, a website is down or something and we're just racing against the clock. And my pain dials up. Why is that? Well, it's the stress for one thing. You know, your muscles clench up when we're in stress. And if you have a spinal condition, those muscles can tug at your vertebrae. And if you have any underlying condition, it can cause more pain. So there really is something to be said for that and figuring out what is it exactly? Am I not breathing? Am I breathing really shallow? Do I need to just take a time out and breathe? And I have this wonderful little app on my phone, and there are a million of these out there, where on the hour, I have this little bell that dings. It's the bell of mindfulness. And that is my moment to take two or three minutes and just engage in some deep breaths. I do what is called a body scan, which is going from the top of your head all the way down to your toes, relaxing each part, tightening muscles, relaxing each part and saying, okay, where is the pain right now? And 
with my spine, I have pain in a lot of different areas. It's not always the same place. So it is about getting in touch with that and saying, where is the pain and what can I do now? So what would you say the top things you've done for your back pain have been? What are the top four things? All right, great. And I think that would probably be on the supplementation side, most of them. And I would say the number one was collagen supplementation, really good collagen supplementation. And not just occasionally, it's an everyday thing for me. I don't lapse on that. If I were to, I'm sure I would notice the pain go up. I did it once. I did it once for three or four days. It's like, why is my pain worse? Oh, yeah, that. So you take a scoop of it a day? I do. And you happen to use Dr. Axe's ancient nutrition collagen. Okay. It's a multi-collagen formula. I think it's got four or five different collagens in there. So that is number one. I also found magnesium and turmeric to be buying closely for number two. And three, turmeric has been used in Ayurvedic medicine for centuries maybe even for, for thousands of years, to reduce inflammation. And if you have any kind of pain in your body, you probably are having inflammation there as well. So that, what kind of magnesium and what kind of turmeric and how much are you using? Okay, great question. Okay, so the turmeric blend that I take is 2,000 milligrams, and it is combined with black pepper, which makes it maximally bioavailable, which just means fancy words for just your body absorbing it and putting it to use better. And the brand that I use is Stop Aging Now. That's the name of the company. And they do very high quality, different supplements for anything, for high cholesterol, all all kinds of things. And And they're very, very good. And I notice a change when I stopped taking them. At one point, I stopped taking it because I ran out. I hadn't ordered more. I feel like I was hit by a truck. The magnesium isn't so much about the brand, but I take what is called magnesium threolate. And it is, again, another special bioavailable configuration that works really, really well. And magnesium is not only good for pain, it helps with sleeping. And I think a lot of people who have any kind of issues with pain, sleep is often disrupted. And so that really does help on that front, the magnesium 308. And I think I I learned about that through Dr. Falahi, one of the autoimmune doctors. And then vying for number four, I would say it's a concept more so than a supplement. It is the concept of minimizing that which flares up your pain. And for me, I find that if I'm having a bad day, I can't stand for more than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is my threshold. So in my book, I give a little worksheet for this. Define your threshold on a normal day, on a bad day or whatever. But what is that threshold? What can you do? How many minutes of standing, sitting, walking? So what do you have to pull back on to not have your pain dial up? And similarly, what helps? Like for me, myofascial release, traction. Traction has been a lifesaver with my specific back conditions. And And what does that look like, traction for you? PT. I go to my physical therapist and there's this machine that they strap you into and it gently, gently pulls the various parts. You can have it done on your neck or your lower spine. And that pulling makes ever so much space that the discs can sit comfortably. And if you have a pinched nerve, sciatica, it really eases up on that. 
again, it's important to just be open-minded, right? Yeah. And we, we can learn so much on Google. And I always recommend look up your particular condition on reputable sites, Mayo Clinic, Healthline. There are lots of good ones out there that will walk you through what makes it worse, what makes it better. Ask your doctor that. What's your diagnosis? What's the prognosis? Mayo Clinic has a really good form for doing this where you look it up and they will give you a list of questions to ask your doctor. You don't even have to come up with them all on your own. That's a good idea to go to a reputable yes. site. Like don't go down a rabbit hole and right. Google every possibility and every symptom you have and get it in your head. It can go downhill fast. <laughs> but it's good to go on a site, like you said, like Mayo Clinic, who does offer you questions to ask your doctor. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And I will say that Western medicine is amazing, as we know, in diagnosis and treatment of certain things. And it has certainly saved my life a number of times. So always start with a doctor, follow that, and then begin your search for other answers. But what you just said about going down the rabbit hole is hugely important, Marla, because so often, you know, you can go online and find all the bad stuff. And it's really important to keep our minds in a good, positive place. And I'll share a little story. When I was probably early 20s and doctor after doctor trying to figure out why I was missing so much work because of all of the spinal pain. And one doctor said to me, well, you probably need to accept this because you're probably going to be in a wheelchair by the time you're in your mid-30s. Well, I'm a couple decades beyond that, and I'm not in a wheelchair. I said to myself, mm, no, I don't buy that. I don't want to live that life. I'm going to keep looking for answers. And I think all too often, it's really easy to get scared whether it's usually not maybe something a doctor said, but you go online and you read what the ultimate terrible prognosis could be or what other patients mm -hmm. are going to be. That doesn't have to be your reality. Yeah. And so it's real important to give our minds in that place of hopefulness that you're going to find the answer that'll make your life better. That's such a great note to end on. Don't get sucked into the dire outcomes, but instead keep an open mind and keep searching for solutions only. Right. I do want to ask three questions before we sign off here. Throughout your process of trying to heal and find answers to your health problems, what was the biggest lesson, the biggest obstacle, and the biggest kindness shown to you during that time? So oh. biggest lesson. The lesson keeps coming up when we don't learn it. And for me, when I was younger, I did not listen to my intuition. And I ended up doing things that made issues worse. I didn't go to the doctor when I thought I really should go to the doctor. So I would say listening to intuition, I call it our inner compass, our inner healer. It's that gut instinct. It's our heart. One of my teachers always says, listen to yourself first and last. You can listen to other people in the meantime. You can go looking for answers, but check in with yourself, right? What is my body screaming for right now? What about the biggest obstacle? The obstacle is making time. Making time yeah. for self-care. It's a moving target as we go from our 20s to 30s to 40s and older. And when you're in some sort of a health crisis, it breaks all the rules. Like when this first happened, I was staying 12 hours a day on self-care. 
I don't anymore, but it's more than I ever did prior. So the biggest obstacle can be time. We just have so many other things to do in our lives that we want to do, pressures, family obligations, work obligations. But that said, when we come out the other side, we see that the time we invest in taking care of ourselves gives us a better future, right? Yeah, that's great. And then what was the biggest kindness someone showed you during your healing process? Big smile on my face as I'm thinking about this one. It truly was the kindness of my husband, my friends, my community. Like I said, I was just very, very active in everything. And that one day, everything came to a crashing halt. And I could do nothing for myself. I couldn't put socks on if I wanted to get up and go to the kitchen. My husband had to help me. He had to bring me food. So that was the biggest kindness And when friends found out, I had friends that would make us soup or bring us bags of groceries. People brought me books and gave me music to listen to and friends who called all the time and just listened to me as I wasn't getting better. This went on for months and months. And my best friends, they called and I did not have anything positive to report for months. And they're with me. Those are the greatest kindnesses. Yeah. Yeah. And those are some great suggestions for anyone, you know, out there who is struggling, like get groceries or bring them books or music or just listen. All great. So where can people find the book you've written about your own health journey and tools that people can use when they're trying to heal? And where can they find you as far as a website or if they wanted to work with you with your sound healing or Reiki? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the name of the book is Suffering to Thriving, Your Toolkit for Navigating Your Healing Journey. And it is a toolkit. It's got 38 short chapters. Each one is a tool. And the best place to find that is on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. At my website, sufferingtothriving.com, people can learn more about the book. They can listen to podcasts like yours and find out how to work with me. I have a free download of an infinite possibilities visualization, which is just really hope-filled for people who are struggling. And they can get that for free on my website. And again, website is sufferingtothriving.com. They connect to my social media there as well. And I'll put it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your personal journey, as well as things that are really helping you, especially with that Ray Notes. I think that's really amazing. It's something for people to look into that supplement, as well as all the other things you suggested for not only helping with Raynaud's, but helping with all those spinal diseases you have to bring that pain down considerably. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed our discussion, Marla, and it's so wonderful the work you're doing to help people be open-minded and consider all of these things that they can try out for themselves in their quest to getting better. Be sure and follow Open Minded Healing so you'll get every new episode as soon as it's released each Tuesday. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.